welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. My name is C.J. Reynolds. This is a channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. In a world where teachers are terrified on Sunday nights to go into school on Monday, we have created a live feed where me and my trusty band of teachers here on the side will answer any question that you have. So you show up, you ask questions, and I answer them. And sometimes I don't have an answer. And sometimes I do have an answer. And either way, all these folks on the side are going to help you out with stuff too. If this is, if you want more of this, if the conversation you don't want it to end here, uh, there's tons of people in the Facebook group that are like truly amazing people. The things have happened this week that show me that those folks are like ridiculously amazing and really show up for one another. And so if you were in there, you know what I'm talking about. And it was like, yes. Um, the other thing is uh, you can have me come speak at your school. You can watch the YouTube videos. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, or you could buy the book. The book comes out in March of 2020. So it's called Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. But tonight we're going to try something new. So if you're brave enough, you can type your questions in on the side. Before you do it, if you could write question or just the letter Q, that would help. You can also call me on Instagram. So if you go over to Instagram and you, how do you, do you know? So how to, go into your DMs, like you're going to DM someone. And oh then yeah. at the top, you'll see a little uh, video camera. Hit the video camera. And can I show them on that? I don't know if it ever really shows up, but you would have to log out of. No, 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 that's cool. No, I just want to show them the okay. thing that, thing so you go into your dms and then you hit that little john up there and then it'll shoot me a video so it's going to okay. be a video um you won't see me but i'll see you unless you choose for me not to see you uh and we're going to try this and see if it works and see if anyone if it sounds all right i have no idea but i just thought it'd be a cool change of pace if you're brave and you want to do it um if it doesn't go through it means i'm already talking so like just try again or uh i'll answer and just put you on hold yeah you know when he's done talking that i'll give it to him and this is we'll i see. feel like i'm on <laughs> talk radio like i'm frazier are we ready you got yeah. some questions for me let's jump in all right here we go gang um better late than broke is asked that's a great name how do you keep the passion year after year for teaching so i think I used to think that you you created lesson plans and then you were set for life. So like three years, five years max, it was just cake. You were just strolling. But that would be like if you ate, the, you figured out a really good dinner and like you were practicing to be a cook and then you just ate that dinner or you learned one song and you're like, this song's the greatest thing in the world. So I'm just going to play Freebird every single time I get on my guitar. And then after, you know, a while playing Freebird, it gets a little old or that chicken thing that you decided or this crazy sriracha spaghetti that I think I half invented that has sugar in it. Um, it was delicious. And then I had it five times in a row and I was like, it's not as good anymore. So I think that that is that's part of it is you have to keep evolving. You can take the same core lesson and some of the ideas but it's re it's feeling it every year. So I know last week we did this really fun activity that I'd never done before. So we always do this children's book unit. And so we do, um, I take like children's books and we recreate, like we write children's books in class, but we have to dissect children's books first. 
So instead of just reading it in the class, I took the students to the basement of the school. We have like this creepy Philly basement. It looks like the beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street. We're like the walls like seep water and there's dripping everywhere. And we're not really sure where that dripping comes from, but just don't touch the water and we're cool. So uh, we went down there with little tea light, like battery candles and stood around a table in the complete dark. And then I read this book by Lemony Snicket's called The Dark. And it was awesome. And I'd never done that before. Like I've done a whole bunch of other versions of something like that. But that was the best idea I've ever come up with in this particular lesson. So I think that that's what it is, is trying to figure out like what is what's going to be like new this year that you can do. And then you always have something to get excited about um, every year. It's like Christmas. It's the same thing every year, but you got to just get restoked about it every year by doing something a little bit better. It makes the year more cooler. Um, next question. Deanna Owens is asking, looking for a book to incorporate into my freshman seminar course. Any alternate books for that's not that um, uh, also alternate books for low level reader suggestions. Corporate freshman seminar course. Um, I geez. So here's who I'm going to throw it to. I'm going to throw it to everyone and say, can you tell me whether or not this is a great question? Uh, my ADD is kicking in. Um, what books would you recommend for freshman grade, like grade level seminar? I'm I, like, I could think of some, but I'm going to lose, leave stuff. Uh, so I'm going to throw it to all of you. Deanna, if you email me, um, I'm promising that I will email you back within 24 hours with a list of books also. But if anybody has a list of books on the side of this, like that would be really awesome. Next question. Um, so what we're doing tonight, for those of you that just got here, we are, you can either put your question in on the side, or if you want to jump over to Instagram, you can go to the DM section and hit the video button and you can call me also. And then I'll answer your call. Like I'm on sports radio or something like that. Live here on Real Rap with Reynolds. John Lopez is asking. John Lopez has impeccable handwriting. I think I already said that before, but I just want to tell everyone again. Um, what factors do you think contribute to teachers leaving the profession or burning out in three years? Uh, oh, gosh. I think one is teachers are asked to do more than there's time for. I think, look, I think they kind of, they kind of, get you right like they like schools get you because they know where your heart is they know what you that you want to do the work but then it becomes this thing of like but we're going to ask you to do teach six periods in an eight period day and then we're going to ask you to be a part of a plc and then we're going to ask you to, to require that you lead at least one after school program per week or maybe two. And then we're going to ask you to do open yourself up for tutoring before and after school for students on your off hours or during your lunch. And then we're going to require that you do some sort of like, like professional growth monitored like thing at the, so you can get a raise at the end of the year kind of a thing. And then it's all this other stuff. And then special education paperwork without like a certified co-teacher or para in your room to help you navigate that situation. So it's, it's too much stuff. And then we're going to give you scripted lesson plans and not let you have any autonomy. So those dreams that you had of becoming this teacher that you always wanted to be are quickly squashed because the system's going, you can't do that. You're a robot, bro. And so that, I think that that is, is part of it. And not training teachers to deal with students that are dealing with trauma. So we just put out a video last week, 
um, where my friend Nicole Thompson from the Urban Psychologist on Instagram came in and she talked about like, well, what do you, how do you help students with trauma and how do you deal with kids with trauma? Like what's best for the teacher in those situations too? Because teachers, I don't think are really trained. I think professional developments are really slacking. And so it, when you don't feel cared for, um, then you leave. And so I think those are the, to me, are the two biggest things that, that drive teachers out. I just want to say that at church today, one of the biggest things they talked about was boundaries. And I liked that. I think that teachers don't put boundaries in for themselves within their job. And I think that that's important because, because you're afraid you're going to lose your job because you're afraid if you say no, it's like, but, but that's like leave the, the whole educational system anyway. But if you, you knew someone anyway. that was in a relationship like that, right. Where it's like, it's no, they just, they asked me to do like a little bit more and a little bit more. And, but I'm afraid they'll break up with me if I do yeah. Right. Like if that was someone's yeah. relationship, you'd be like, bro, that's broken. Like, yeah. what, what are you doing? Leave. So, yeah. So that's a good question. Um, all right. Uh, I'm still waiting for someone to call on Instagram because I just think it's going to be funny. So who's brave? Rebecca Wood is asking, I start student teaching after Christmas break and the teacher told me it would be my class from day one. How do I transition students from their teacher to me for four months? Uh, Rebecca, I would say, first of all, th that's kind of awesome because so many student teachers I know, they make them wait forever to start teaching. And so although that's nerve wracking, um, my hope is that that teacher has a pretty good command over their class so that like, or a good like relationship with their class that she's going to be able to, or he's going to be able to um, trans like help them go right into that situation. Um, I would say, it's not going to be smooth from the jump because you're going in mid year, but um, okay, cool. Tell them to hold on for one second. Um, but what's going to happen is you are, hold on one second. you, I'm sorry, I'm distracted now. You, I think being visible as much as possible is going to help you get to where you want to be in a hurry. So maybe it doesn't work in the first day, but in the, within the first week or the first two weeks, I'm telling you, you will feel so much more comfortable than you ever could have imagined that you would. Like right now, you're probably freaking out about this and you're going to be freaking out all over break. But just transitioning into that by being at the front door when the kids come in, being in the hallway in between periods and at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, talking to kids, just saying hello, um, complimenting them on their hair or their sweatshirt or whatever it is. Like those sorts of things are really, really going to help that particular student out. Um, and, and help you to transition and become like the new teacher and don't wait to be the teacher you always wanted to be like start from the jump. And that's going to be what's going to help you win that situation. So, um, yeah, best of luck to you. Uh, Jamie, Jamie how are you? Can you hear me? I'm talking, I'm talking to you on Instagram there. How are you? I'm good. This is really fun. I feel like I'm some kind of weird talk show host or something like that all of a sudden. I feel like the magic school bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good good comparison. So what what's up? Would you have a question for me or what? Yeah, so my kids are taking the state test starting tomorrow and I'm terrified. We had a really short semester and I don't know how to handle um I guess I'm terrified they're going to fail. So I don't know. I don't know how to take that stress off or the pressure of that. How, how old are the students? Um, so I teach freshmen and juniors. 
Uh, and do they have, do they need it to graduate from high school? Uh, no. Well, it counts as 25% of their grade. Oh, oh, wow. Um, are they kind of like college level or are they like remedial? What, what, what kind of like I, level are we talking I about? Standard. So okay. it's the very thick. Yep. Okay. So I would, I would remind them that it's the basic skills test, right? So that's why I tell my guys and I don't do that to make them feel bad. I just do it to help them realize that like, this isn't the, this isn't like the AP exam here. Like it is basic skills. And then I try and walk them through like, this is how many actual questions. So in Philly anyway, it's like, this is how many questions you need to get right to pass. And if you don't know what an answer is, you're better off guessing. And I, and I assume this is the same for all state tests, but I'm not really sure. But like, I think when you know some of those things, you can help rig the game and, and so they can win it. And then I tell them, so look, then if there's four possible answers, one of them is usually ridiculous. And then the three are closer. So it's like figuring out which one's ridiculous because now you've just increased, increased your, your chances of getting that right. Um, by 25%, I guess, but there's a reason I teach English. I don't really know. So uh, <laughs> it's basic math question. Um, and so, and telling them, like, I think for reading for, for with anything, I think it is the reading portion is the hardest part because students often don't want to do the, they look at that whole passage, whether it's science or math or English, and the, it takes a level of grit to get through that particular portion. And so I would say, I like to practice reading for grit, which is why part of the reason we do independent reading every week. So they are independently reading and they are getting better at reading for longer and longer periods of time. So I tell them like, look, if you had to do like a fitness test and you can only do one push up, we have to like, I wouldn't tell you to just go in the room and do 10. It's like, all right, next week we do two and then we do three. And then sometimes we can jump up to five, but it's like gearing them up for that sort of thing and telling them it's not the be all end all, but how you do anything is how you do everything. So, you know, and, and like I said, like reminding them that it's basic skills. So that is something that I think encourages students because they remember that it's not so difficult after all, um, but that, that if they just do it, if they, and they don't give up and they don't fall asleep, then they're probably going to win on that too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank Does, you. All right. You got it. I'm glad that you called. You're, you're a first caller ever. I appreciate it. That awesome. can go on a plaque somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Thank awesome. You. Have a good night. Awesome. Peace. All right. Uh, what do we got? That was awesome. I don't know. If, did that sound all right? Can you say in the comments? I don't know if you could hear her. Okay, but that was super fun. And I really liked doing it. Um, Rebecca Boyd is asking oh, anyone. Jasmine. Sorry, Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine. What did I say? I said Jamie, but it only oh. popped up for like a hot second. Oh, yeah. It doesn't when allow you, hit you to it. see the name. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Rebecca Wood is asking, anyone know if we can pre-order a teacher class off as a Christmas gift? Man, I we should ask when pre-orders no, are going to start. But they, so here's what we're waiting for. It's in the last final eight phase of editing, like the copy line by line editing is happening. Which means now, like they're like trying putting to... putting it all together. Yeah. Like all the pictures, all the like little added stuff so i think once that's done and the cover's finalized like we're in the finalization of all of that once that's done i think then we'll start being able to pre-order but probably not before christmas i wonder sure. let me i'm gonna ask about that though we'll make a note to like okay, make yeah. sure we ask and say when will people be able to start pre-ordering the book because i okay. wish people could do it for christmas 
Um, uh, Cassie Job. I don't know why I made that uh, more difficult. I was going to say Job, but <laughs> we'll go with Job. Uh, Cassie is asking, I'm a new mom teaching eighth grade math. Tips on cutting grading and planning time so that I don't fall behind all the time. I would say grading is, I made a video about this. So you can check that out online too. That gives like a bunch of grading tips. But in essence, remember a couple of things. One, you don't have to grade everything. Some stuff can just go in the trash, grade it for completion, throw it in the garbage, and the kids still did it and learned or didn't learn. Um, but like you're going to go back to that sort of thing again, and hopefully there's other assignments. So that one wasn't the be-all, end-all that's going to like take someone from an A to an F or, or vice versa. The other thing is having students grade either their own stuff or each other's stuff. And so that helps a lot of times too because – they are focused in on what someone else got and then providing feedback. So I do that with writing assignments a lot where there's pure, this sort of like uh, pure corrections. Um, I think apps really work. There's a whole bunch of them out there. I use ZipGrader. I'm not like affiliated with them in any way. So it's not like a like product placement, but um, I think ZipGrader works really well. And for multiple choice, uh, you know, assessments anyway you can just scan it and it's like a fraction of a second and it grades the whole thing and then it gives you data on where students were i think for planning don't recreate the wheel like take somebody else's lesson whether that's something that you buy online which i think there's enough free stuff like i don't typically push people towards teachers pay teachers plus a lot of that stuff is just fluff like i'm just gonna say it outright like it's just fluff and it's not really good content um it's cute but it's not like it's a cute coloring page and you can just find that stuff for free search things whatever the topic is that you're doing search what it is and then say um greatest odyssey lesson plan ever or go to teachers.net is a really good site to get free content um or the new york times has really really great content and so does scholastic and i am affiliated with them but that's not why i'm telling you to go there um and I don't, I think they have free stuff also. So even if you don't get their magazine, they will like link, they have like the questions for before you read something, after you read something, during you reading something, connections to make it, New York Times does this also, where you can connect something that they have some kind of content to something else. And New York Times lesson plans are all free. Uh, and I think, so, and then they allow you to share, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. So I think you can share your username and password if your school gets it. So then all the educators in your school can use it. I'm not saying we do that because I'm not sure if it's completely legal, but I might know a guy that does it. Who Moving on. Mention Newzella. Uh, I don't use Newzella, but I know a lot of people do. Um, I like it. Have you been using it? Well, Brody used it in school. And like, I like that you can like differentiate for reading level yeah oh yeah you can change the lexile level mm -hmm. you can do that on scholastic also and i don't know if uh, new york times you can but yeah it's it's I really good they, yeah they it, no that. it is because it, what it does is allows students in the same class to read the same thing but on a different level yeah. so they're not like it's not like you're reading about how chickens get hatched and we're reading about traveling to mars and right. then it's like oh little one yeah. you know what i mean like that's, yeah, that's i didn't realize they all did that but yeah that's why I like it helps one. because then those guys don't feel less than they feel included in, right. in what's going on um joshua is asking what are some engaging christmas activities for the last couple of days before finals uh i teach freshman english um engaging so i think it's tough right like if you 
if you're in the middle of something or you just finished something, that's why I'm doing the children's books unit because it only takes about a week and I can stretch it out to like a week and a half if I want to, because we're going to present them this week. Um, I think there are tons of like one-off lessons. So that's, again, I'm going to go back to like, I think this is where um, New York Times or Scholastic or something like that come in when you're in these limbo periods or in between times where you're about to go from one thing to the next, you can fill it with something else that's still meaningful. So I might look at, if we were talking about symbolism in, or the hero's journey in the Odyssey, and then we're going to go into something else when we read Merchant of Venice next. Can I bridge those two things? Is there a commonality? And then can I find a story or an article or an activity that bridges those? Can I build off my last unit and make some sort of activity into the next one? Can I build anticipation for something when I'm moving? Like, so winter break is coming up. Can I build anticipation going in the winter break? Like, you're not going to believe what we're going to do when we come back. It's going to be awesome. And then lead into that, do some sort of activity or something that's going to lead into that to build anticipation instead of like, well, you don't, I don't think what you want to do is like, you don't want to slide in the home that last Friday before break and just be like thoroughly used up. You have to give the, I like giving at least, you know, the idea that I'm stoked about coming back and that I'm not like waiting for break. Like I don't want anyone to know that. And I don't like to even act that way in school because it, I just think it sends the wrong vibe off. And and then, um, and I start acting out of that place instead of acting out of this place of like being excited about stuff, even this week. Um, so that's, that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of really good answers in here though. Like if people throw stuff up there, like what are y'all planning on doing this week? Like to finish up the week before you go on winter break, we're done Friday. I think we have half day Friday. And then, but we teach all week. And so I used to just do like a movie and it just goes the wrong way all the time. I don't really like it. I, I try and like keep, we keep learning and keep doing stuff that's engaging and, and um, a full, like a full educational experience. Amy Russell is asking question. Amy Russell, you're so lovely. I had an emergency. I had an emergency at school and surgery that afternoon. Oh gosh. Uh, and I'm supposed to stay away until the end of the semester. I'm excused, but it's awful timing. Any tips? Um, what? So, Amy, I'm, I feel like I need a little bit more here in terms of like, so you have to stay away until the end of the semester. Well, due to her surgery and recovery and all that. Yeah, I'm but sure. what is any tips on what, like, like, what to do with yourself? I think, no, I think she just feels bad, like, that she's out. And so how can she make it easier? It's like a terrible week to be out. The last week before break for a sub, that's awful. Yeah. For the sub. I mean, I think she's trying to make it easier on her students and the sub. So, yeah, because you don't ever want, like, I don't. As a high school teacher, I never want this assignment. I love this. That's fantastic. Um, oh, so Maisha Hutchinson says Charlie Brown Christmas special has a unit plan. Can you do that? Where does that exist? Amy Russell said, how do I say goodbye to my semester kids? I would uh, let them know, like, this is a thing that I'm going through. Like, I would be clear with them as much as you can. I don't know what your situation is. And I I, I don't know that I would share every, any, detail. every detail, right? Like, um, but what can you share? Can you talk about, 
connected to a time that maybe they went through something or their parents went through something or their mom or dad or grandma was in the hospital. Um, ask them what they, what you should know from them. Like, can anyone give me advice? Like I'd never had this done and gone through this before. And like, you're, then you're putting students in a position of power where they are speaking back to you and, and trying to help you out with this. Uh, I think, you know, even if you're out and, and the students are in school, um, I think one of the things Miss Ash used to do was when I used to teach in Camden, I had a colleague named Miss Ash. And whenever Ash was out, she would call the classroom at least once a day to speak with her students. She'd be like, yo, it's Ash, put me on speakerphone. Yo, does everyone understand what the lesson is? I'm really sorry I couldn't be there today. Oh, that's and it was this idea. really great thing that they did. Some of our um, video. Yeah, I FaceTimed with my students before too to just say like, yo, I'm like, I'm in the hospital. This is what's going on. Everything's all good. Like I have this nurse. They're really wonderful. Like what would that look like? That could be kind of an interesting thing to do as well. Um, something along those lines or yeah, sending them something every day. Like maybe there's a video that you send to them every day or something, a quote that you send to them every day. And so that's what they're reading in the beginning because something along those lines. So that they just know that you're okay as well. Um, and then I see other people throwing stuff up here too. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's what I would do. I and I would make it simple and deep and not wide and complex. Right. So like, keep it simple, um, and just make it filled with it's simple things done with great love. I think that's, that's what I would go with for that. Um, and Amy, best of luck. If there's anything we can do, like, just please let me know. Um, I don't know what I can do because I'm not a doctor. Um, we feel better. Yeah. I hope that you feel better. Um, yeah, what a crappy time of year. That sucks. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, so again, we're taking questions on here. And if you are, uh, if you want to, you can go on Instagram and you can phone, like call us, you go into your DMs, go to the uh, little camera up there, hit the camera and it will call us. You can block the video so that you don't have to be seen on there. So if you're like, you know, you need a shower. Because you know I'm secret and I block that video immediately. Yeah, because she's the not so secret <laughs> wife. She was, I'd be like, oh, I'll do two videos at once. No. Um, <laughs> question from Lori is asking, any suggestions for a reasonably priced gift to give my students? I teach high school special ed. Being a single mom and first year teacher, I can't spend much, but would love to give them something. Um, what do you Food. think? Food is a good one. Like their favorite candy. Like go to the go to Walmart to that bin where they have the giant candy things for like a buck. They even have like little snack packs that you can do like three. I think you can get two for a dollar or Ooh, like a not even that, like just bake something. Like I think bake if it's your class, like you know if they have any allergies Create like a moment. and all that thing. Like, so you could yeah, I would check with the allergies first, but like if you did like uh like made popcorn and got them their favorite candy and then watched a movie on the last day. I made, how many cupcakes did I make when you were at Charter? Uh, Oh my goodness. You used to bake. I made so many. So my wife (laughs) would bake things for every holiday, but even for, you used to make hand dipped chocolate covered pretzels in like these cute little bags with cute little bows on them. This is before I had kids. Yeah. And then we would bring (laughs) them in, but it would be ton. They would be all over the kitchen. There would be cupcakes everywhere and it was something about something that someone made that was special that it was like two chocolate covered pretzels right with like little spider kind of sprinkles on them it's like the half dipped ones like they were so super cheap to do and and i would say easy but i didn't do them so um they but it was like such i remember the kids getting such a kick out of that Mm -hmm. uh other than that what, what anything else you're thinking of 
you're the gift person. You're good at gifts. It's expensive when you're doing like, even, you know, if you have, I don't know how many students you have, but like, I just think it's, even if you're spending a dollar per kid, like it's expensive. Yeah. And they're high school. So like, it's a little bit more difficult. It's food. High school, middle school, it's food. I think food's the move right there. Top ramen. No, not top ramen. No, not top ramen. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, Sarah Ward is asking advice on handling less than stellar reports from a sub when you are out. Man, I'll bet you we all know this story. Whole class not being great, but then also individual students. Um, I, I think one of the things I don't do a good job of is preparing. It sounds like World War Three upstairs. The kids are playing Fortnite with their friends and they scream when they're playing it. So that's what the wife's addressing right now. Um, I, I don't think I do a good job of explaining like what is expected when I'm out or how you should act when I'm out. So students just do whatever they want and they act crazy or they don't come to class. So I think it's like if you know you're going to be out, even if you don't, right? So I would make this expectation. When I'm out, know that this is the assignment that I give. This sub is going to collect that assignment at the end of the period. The sub is going to put that assignment on my desk and it won't go anywhere else. It's not going to leave the room. It's not going to go in my mailbox. It's not going to go anywhere else. It's going to go like in my desk, in this bin at the end of the day. It is the expectation that I'm, the expectation that I'm having is that you complete the assignment and that you only have the period to do it. There is no chance that you're taking it home. If you didn't do it all the way, but you did like 75, 80% of it, that's okay. Like I'll see that. I'll see that the effort was there. Um, and if you don't turn something in, I'll just assume that you chose not to do it. And so I will also take any notes that the sub gives me. So if they on the next to your name, they put some sort of like bad remark or, or something that happened, that's I'm going with, I'm trusting them. The flip side of this is uh, I told the students that like sometimes when I would visit my grandmother at the home that she was living in, um, some of her friends who are older women that wear very, very strong perfume that does not always smell delightful <laughs> would give you a hug. Now you smell like smelly perfume for the rest of the day. And so the lesson there is be careful who you're too close to because you might walk away smelling like stinky perfume. Um, And so be mindful when the subs here, who are you sitting near? Who's doing work? Who's not doing work? Are you sitting next to kids that have stinky perfume on that's going to get on you and then ruin your day? Um, So be mindful of what kind of perfume everybody has on because you don't want to stink like potpourri. That's a good analogy. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just walking them through it ahead of time and then and then learning from it, not coming down on them, but saying like, here's what I heard. Let's learn from this experience and know that going forward, this is my expectation for everyone. Um, Kimberly Wallback is asking, what's up, Kimberly? Uh, hey, CJ, would you be doing a book tour starting in March? I don't. So this is all so new. Here's my my dream. My I have dream. no idea what's going to happen. My dream, I have no idea. I could literally sell three books. I have no clue what's coming up. I don't know how the publisher works that stuff. So I know that they are sort of in charge of getting me on podcasts, interviews, speaking engagements, stuff like that. Part of my book is um, there's a thing in the back that says like what I speak about. So I might be going to different places. So what I'm hoping to do is... Anywhere I travel is like doing a meetup. So like if I go to, I, I'm trying to like, there's a, there's a lot, a lot of potential stuff coming up, like San Diego this year, Austin this year, um, around Pennsylvania again this year, which isn't really close to anybody else, uh, Maryland, Florida, 
And so anywhere that I'm going, I'm trying to do like a meetup with people. And so maybe that's a book signing. Maybe that's like a, like a just meet up and have a beer with Reynolds and like um, I'll sign your book or, or hang out with you and stuff. So like that's where I'm, I'm kind of coming from for that. But they have not told me any sort of plans on that end. Uh, but again, I'm brand new to this stuff. Like it's all, I'm just kind of like taking it as it goes. We're riding the wave. I'm riding the wave, girl. Uh, Jade Dobson, uh, she completed her first year of teaching in Australia. Just once. Oh, that's right. Because they're in, uh, they're like a different kind of like schedule than we are. Opposite of us. Uh, They're going summer for them. Yes. Jade Dobson here. First of all, first year is a big deal. It's over. You did it first year. Next year, take all the stuff that works, do it again. All the crap that didn't work, get rid of it and don't hope that's going to work. If you do it better next time, it's probably not going to work. Just come up with new stuff. But when you go in next year, you will not believe how you'll still be nervous because you're nervous every year. Even 15 years in, I'm, I'm nervous every year. But you will be, you'll feel like you've been there before. And so that's such a good feeling. And you have, you will feel, I, I think, I feel even if it's like a week before school goes back and I'm not feeling like replenished yet, something magical happens before the beginning of the school year. And I always feel ready to go back when it's time to go back. So um, good work. Congratulations to you. Question. I'm not sure if that's you or the group. If not, you can move down to. Uh, okay. We'll give it a shot. Uh, EMC Gideon is saying question for the group, but I'll see if I can weigh in. Uh, I've been out of college for eight years and finally decided to attend a career switcher program. I have an English practice. That I have to take the English practice test for grade six to 12. How difficult is the exam? Um, I thought that that one was pretty, was easier. The one I had harder time with was like the content specific exam. So like I had to take one for English and they kept pulling the first one I took, which I failed. They pulled from all these books that I never read before. So they're like in Toni Morrison's beloved, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I never read, I saw the movie. I don't know the book. Um, and so that was difficult for me, but I'm, that was so long ago. Now I'm wondering if anyone knows, like, where can you get like resources or how can you get help in that where area? Like what, what was, what was something that helped you to kind of like, to, to get over that hurdle, which is the almighty praxis exam. Summer Tate. Um, Summer Tate, have we seen her in a while? Summer Tate's been around forever. Since like we started. Yeah. Like I want to say even before that was like this Q&A kind of style. It would be fun if we had a yearbook of people that have been on the journey with us. And then like it's like there it is. You know, Val Victorian. (laughs) Tracy (laughs) Pinter. Are you giving the cap? (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. Uh, A few of us are offering training for cognitive content dictionary to help kids with academic language during PLCs. I would love advice on getting teacher buy-in to show up and use these strategies. I think getting teacher buy-in for anything is just really difficult. So how do you do that? I think, how do you do that? My buy-in for any, so look, I, I would love I'm going to keep throwing it back to people tonight because I I would love to see what other people say. I think buy-in for anything has to do with fun. Like 
and fun doesn't have to look like we're doing games and turning that that particular activity or the things you're trying to learn into something fun or silly or wild because i don't really like manufactured like i don't like games in I, I don't like group activities unless I'm the one that decided it's a group activity, which is weird. And I understand that. But like when we go to like a staff meeting, they're like, all right, everyone stand up at your table and find someone who has the closest birthday to yours. I'm like, ah, so awkward. Um, and that's weird because I'm, but I can also go into a bar and make like four best friends when I don't know anybody in there in a night. And that's somehow different to me. So I think like encouraging people to, to do it, starting with your small number of people and acting like that's a large number of people and then trying to make that as enjoyable of a group as possible because i think that the the more enjoyable it is the more people are going to come back and then you can pull more and more people in and say yo we're doing this so the other day we're in our plc meeting you know the one that we're doing about this thing um and so and so had like the funniest story. It was awesome. Like, oh, what's that group? You're going to it after school? Yeah, 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 you should come to it. Like sometimes we get like we'll get like food and we just sit in there and like we're hanging out and we're sharing ideas and we're like really going for it in this and we're really going to try and make this push to help the students so that you're making it attractive. But if you're like everybody, we're going to meet in our uh, this is what PLC meetings feel like. Sometimes we're meeting Wednesday afternoon for PLC meeting. Uh, love if you could be there bring one of your assessments so that we can talk about it. But like, if you made it into something that was actually enjoyable, that might really bring people in. And I don't think you have to do anything super great to do that. You don't have to like decorate for it, although that would be cool, or like have cereal for everyone, which would also be cool because I love cereal, even though I don't really eat it because it has red food dye in it. But, um, <clears throat> and my wife says red food dye is bad for me. Um, so I think uh, that that's what I would try and do. It's like make it the coolest thing that you can possibly make it and then slowly but truly like pull individuals in. And then look, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. So once you have a critical mass, people might just start showing up for it. But I think making it beneficial, <clears throat> like letting them know that how beneficial it would be to them. That's their probably class. a good idea too, not just fun. <laughs> yeah. But that even that has to look like it's not a ton of work for teachers because what yes. teachers don't want to do is another thing. I don't think any adult wants to. All adults have tons of stuff. As soon as something tells me like, or I have to put in like a massive amount of work to get the benefit out of it, I go, eh, no. Unless <laughs> the payoff is there. So is am I going to get out but... an equal amount that I'm yeah. putting into this thing? And if that is true, then I will do just about anything. Yeah, hopefully. You. maybe not for me right. i'm the average i go yeah no too much work thanks um joshua wolf is asking i'm about to start student teaching in a few weeks i've been a night owl my whole life but i know that that doesn't really work with teacher schedules tips for starting the day on offense so josh i would say first of all you will teach that first day and you will no longer be a night owl because it will become 5.30 in the afternoon. You're going to fall asleep on the living room floor after eating dinner and then wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what happened? I don't know. This is like the hangover. What just happened? Um, that, cause that's exactly what happened to me. I, I think that you just your schedule will just be reset because you're going to be so exhausted. And I think teachers are exhausted not just because they're like working a lot. But it's like just the excitement level of it, right? Which is like why every kid looks like they need a nap in the afternoon after like a wild Christmas morning. Like if they were opening up presents and all the anticipation and not being able to sleep the night before, 
And then all of that happens and you come home and it's like, douche, you just are flat out. So that's part of it. I think being on offense, if you wanted to get ready ahead of time, I really think I made a video about this called my, my morning routine. routine. And then I go deeper into that in the book. So in the book that's coming out, um, I go into my morning routine and my, my kind of self-care routine, like in a deeper level than I've ever kind of talked about it before. So <clears throat> I think that looks like for me is getting up and having some morning routine, whether that's running or walking or praying or meditating, and then being mindful about the day ahead. That really, really works for me. And it's self-talk. It is, it is rewiring your brain and telling yourself that you can do this, how, you know, lo looking up like mantras and then literally repeating that stuff. Because if you don't, for me, this other self-talk takes over where it's like how I really can't do it, that I'm not good enough, that I don't even belong here, that there's that I have no authority in this space or no reason to be here because I'm not good enough. And so I just tell myself I'm good enough, whether I want to believe it or not. It's like, I'd rather if this is going to if this wolf's talking already, I'm just going to turn up this wolf. And so I feed this one. And that's why I get up and I pray and I exercise and I um, listen to podcasts in the car and listen to certain kinds of music in the car to fill me up as much as possible uh, so that I can survive the day and, and, and do be the best version of myself that I can be every day. Um, welcome to this amazing life is asking what is the worst part about being a teacher? Uh, gosh, you have to hold your pee for a really long time. Sometimes <laughs> that's difficult, but I would say what's the worst part about being a teacher. Like, what do you I think? think what like, do you hear me talk about? Because I think when you talk about exhaustion, I, part of that is literally all the decisions you have to make throughout the day. I think when you come home after a really long day and a hard day at that, you are you're spent. You're just like, I don't want to make any more decisions. Like, yeah, you're just done. It's that decision it's like, fatigue. Yeah, right? literally. I think it's a decision fatigue, especially when you have those hard, like those couple, like weeks. And when you just don't have a team that plays as a team. I think that makes it really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think the way you get in front of that is trying to create like a, like a solid group at school and then tending to that group so that when you need them, they are there and it's not an issue. That's I think the way to, to kind of win with that. Um, Ryan is asking, I am currently a senior in high school and I want to become a teacher, but I have few questions on picking college major and how to prepare myself for the hard quest ahead. Do you have any advice? Um, so Ryan, I think when you start college, you don't have to have it completely dialed in. Like there's room for movement there. I forget what the average is, but like the average, there's, it's some kind of hilarious number for like the times that college students change their their uh their major every year i'm sorry i'm being distracted um so like that that's that's true so i would just go in and try and so look here's the tricky thing i think about being a high school senior and i know i because i ask this question to my students all the time i always go hey what do you want to do after college hey what do you want to do when you're out you know for for a job and it's like when you're 18 or 17 years old you don't really know yet and you don't know what you don't know yet. So you don't, you've like, 
very rarely have like been somewhere, done something, met all the people, seen all the different ways that you can do stuff. So you base what you're going to do off of what you know. And so I just think that that is difficult. So that's why I think college should be a time of complete experimentation. Like take all different kinds of classes, try all different kinds of things, hang out with groups that you've never hung out with, sign up for clubs and whatever, whatever you can do because what you're doing is cross training your mind and you are. So like, even though you're a teacher, um, I love that I'm involved in stuff that has zero to do with teaching. Like I really love music and I play the drums and I really love reading and I do woodworking and I love gardening. And um, I like playing video games with my kids and my kids give me a reason to like build giant cardboard forts all over my house or do weird stuff together or go hiking in the woods. Like um, I surf, I do all this other stuff. And then that stuff, I think it is cross training for teaching. And so you're trying all this different stuff in college and then you're, you're pulling ideas from all of that. So the fact that before college, I wanted to be a drummer, a woodworker, a clown and a priest. I don't think that None of that was wasted time. Those are all areas of my life that I pull from to show empathy, to make funny things happen in very serious moments or like in really dull moments, Um, to be an entertainer, to create and build things for my classroom. Like, so just try a whole bunch of stuff and then just be excited about it. And here's my last piece of advice. Surround yourself, even in college, with people that are excited about doing whatever it is they're moving into. Also, doesn't have to be teaching, but when you're around people that are excited about life and have a sense that this ends one day, you are around a group of people that are going to kind of like help light you up and help push you to do stuff because they know that this is like not the end of the like this life ends at some point. And so, like, we need to get after it while we can. What's up, Turtle? I see you on there. Um, Amy Walters is asking, how can admin get teachers to buy in? Wait, I'm sorry. How can admin get teachers to buy in better and help and be held accountable? Uh, question part two, how do you hold bad or belligerent teachers accountable? Once you refuse to work hard and open to trying new things, um, kind of what they expect teach students to do. Yeah, te- student teachers are the worst students sometimes, right? Like we talk about being years, but we would like push upon our students how like reading is important and you'll grow as a human being if you learn how to read. And it's like, they just, they learn how to read and now they're done with that. So I, that's really tricky, right? Because we have this thing called tenure, which is like, I guess there's value in it somewhere, but like it really allows you to not, it allows teachers to kind of get away with stuff that they shouldn't be able to get away with which is being miserable curmudgeons in the classroom. I think to get people excited, you need to create, cultivate a, a culture of excitement. So the two people that are that are sort of like, you know, uh, celebrity educators now are um, Hamish Brewer. So I don't know if you've read his book, uh, Relentless, but he's, and this is not like, I'm not, he's published by the same publisher as me. And so is Jerry Brooks. But right, no, Jerry, Jerry Brooks, Brooks isn't. Write a book. He did write a book. Did he? I yeah. don't know. I don't think he's. Buying it's like books. send him to the office or something like oh. that. It's called. So I, when I think of those two books, I think of like these were educators that were put into schools where it wasn't like lean on me kind of a situation necessarily, but it was 
a space where they moved in and they their whole idea was to change culture in the school. It wasn't and give teachers autonomy. I think teachers get bored because they don't have enough autonomy. And I think that and maybe not not everyone. Some people don't want it autonomy. They want to just show up and hand out the worksheet every single year that they've been handed in since 1984 because the kids are going to do it and they get to just go home at the end of the day and I don't know, play bridge or something like that. Um, but if you can, if you can just, I think there's something to slowly pulling people in. If you think of any movement that has ever won in the history of the world, I can't think of anything where someone was like, I want to do this. And everyone just showed up right at, right at once, right? It is always incremental growth. And then you hit that, that tipping point. And then everyone's like, oh, that's where everyone is. Look, there's tons of people over there doing this. So are there teachers in the school that you can say, um, what can I do to help you have the best year possible or to make your classes awesome? Like, how can I free something up? Can I do something for you? Can I... Um, fund something can i like what can we do to make this awesome and then really see if you can help them do those things and then i think the more people do awesome stuff the more people will do awesome stuff so let me say that again the more you help people to do awesome things everyone else will look at it and go shit like i feel like i need to do awesome things now like this is the expectation this is the norm now and then everyone else sticks out like a sore thumb and hopefully it doesn't just make them feel bad, right? That's not the goal is to make people feel guilty. What you're doing is showing people what's possible. And when people know what's possible, they might actually try to do it. And so that's, that's what I would do is like find like a small cohort of teachers and say, you can meet with them individually or as a group and say, let's try this like experiment to see what we could get away with. Because then I think you don't have to go, you're not putting your time and energy into teachers that are miserable old curmudgeons. You're putting your time and energy in the people that are going to move forward and make your school awesome because they're making, because they're decorating the hallways, because they're coming in dressed as something, because they're making, they're going on awesome trips or their classrooms are loud and awesome and wonderful. And then with all that going on, it's just like, I think sometimes people don't know what they can do. So the first time I ever took students abroad, when teachers heard that we were going to Costa Rica, everybody wanted to go. And now all of a sudden, everybody wanted to take a trip. So now our school takes multiple trips a year that look like that. When I started having guests come in, um, people were like, what is, what are you having? Why have all these guests coming in all the time? Like, cause it makes learning fun and it makes, it takes the pressure off of me and, and it has someone else that's actually cool and actually doing the thing the students want to do coming in and talking to them. It helps my students to have someone put in front of them that looks like them, that's doing a thing they want to do and giving them hope. So then folks started organizing around that and trying to figure out how they could do get speakers or how they could go on trips and do stuff. And so that is, you're just showing people what's possible. And then it gives them ideas and inspires them to do other things. Chris Carson said that he wants to play. He has an image of him playing. Um, oh, shoot. What's that thingy? That does that. The symbols? No, weird. The, the like accordion thing. Yeah, is that an accordion. Yeah. Oh, that's what he wants to play in the hallway. <laughs> I said you should totally do that. You should. It would be awesome. I have a ukulele that I bought at Five Below. Shout no, out to uh, Unicorns Rock. She said that you should be playing. You have to go back and read Did it. Did she say that? Yeah, you should be playing it. Um, And then I have a recorder, like those little flute things that you had that you got in like third grade. And so I pretend 
then I'm playing real songs on it. And I stand in the hallway and I just jam it. And they're like, what are you playing? I'm like, bro, you don't know this song. Listen to it again. See if you can hear this song. <laughs> I just make, and I'll be like real dramatic with it and stuff. Or I'll tell them that it's a song that they know. I'll be like, this new Ariana Grande song. And it's so dumb. But Chris Carson, we could go on tour together. I think we could, you could play, uh, you only have to really learn how to play the. You want a band of fake music? <laughs> yeah. And then we'll just tell people that they know this song. We're a Chicago tribute band. Because I saw Unicorns Rock say something about Peterson Terry. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, move on because this is cracking me up. All right, I'm going to start singing Gloria Love soon. Uh, wait, what's right there? Oh, no. no. Uh, that, that was that one. one. Having the hardest time. Okay, Claire Henry is asking, having the hardest time with one of my classes. I teach high school art. And when I had a sub, they took a mannequin. I, gosh, I I don't even know what the rest of this question is, but I can only imagine. It took a mannequin I used for still lifes and cut the face off of it with a knife and then drew a... It sounds like you're weak last week (laughs) or similar. Similar level. Let me say this first. What was her name? I just want to make sure I say Claire. Claire, I wanted to say Chris. Claire. I want you to know that in my classroom, although you like, I only show certain stuff on YouTube and on Instagram and Facebook. That's because I can't, I guess I can't legally put stuff out there. Like there are things that happen in my classroom when I'm there. And when I'm not there that are people would not believe, but it's like, I can't share it because it's like, happening right now and i don't want a kid to see this or other kids to see this i don't want parents to see this and i'm talking about so i'm just i can't do it but let me just say that i know that feeling i won't say i know exactly how you're feeling but i know that feeling i when students so what i'm hearing is one when you're not there and i kind of spoke to that earlier like when you're not there it is setting expectations for what students should and should not be doing when you're not there the other thing i tell students and not in a in a like kind of like uh, you're a bad kid way, like I'm not wagging my finger. I literally will walk them through when something gets ruined in my classroom. I'll say, here's what I need you to know. The tree in my room, kids love touching it sometimes. And sometimes they are rough with it. And like a piece of bark will come off or a, or a limb comes loose. And it's like, I don't know why they do it. Like, it's not your tree. It's clearly something that I made that's in the room. And so I go, here's what I need you to know since you just broke that off of there. I took my child's wagon and I went back and forth the three blocks from my, from my house for days to bring enough driftwood back to make that tree. I then got scabies from that tree. You think this is funny. And that was scabies is the worst. I know. I remember. Um, I then took all, I treated it, took all that wood to school built that tree over a number of days downstairs and then had to carry it with eight people up to my room to put it in here so that our room could look magical. And you in a moment broke it. I say the same thing. If it happens to one of my desks, to one of my books that I have hanging from the ceiling to one of my uh, floating bookshelves, it's about reminding students that like, I need you to know that I bought this with my own money. The school doesn't give me money. So with my limited means, I bought this thing for us and you ruined it. 
please be mindful going forward that this is not somebody else's stuff. The school didn't pay for this. This wasn't your tax dollars. This was me doing something lovely and you stepping on it. Please be mindful because it literally hurts my feelings. And I know you don't want to hurt my feelings, but it does nonetheless. And I think having conversations with students like that is better than like you reprimanding them, which is, I think, like the what most people would do. Um, so saying like, I really care about this thing. Like it might seem stupid to you, but I don't really care. So like, but you're disrespecting my stuff. Um, and say like, if I came to your house for dinner and I like put my feet on the couch or I broke something of yours, like that would be hurtful, right? But so be mindful of that going forward. And I think you win with that conversation. And then I would put a couple of kids in charge the next time you're out and be like, yo, you know, whenever I'm out, like just keep an eye on stuff for me, right? Like help the sub out and like keep, be mindful of what's going on in the room because you have power and the kids will listen to you. So like help, help them to make good choices. And that helps sometimes too. Uh, Kirsten is asking, what do you do when your teacher team are great teachers, but I am an, but I am an island. My fellow teacher team, my te fellow team teachers have different teaching beliefs. I have worked with amazing teams and I am truly, Wait, I, I am reading this all wacky. What do you do when your teacher team are great teachers, but I am an island? My fellow teacher team teachers have different teaching beliefs. I have worked with amazing teachers that I am truly that I truly jam with. Um, so, gosh, that is really difficult. Um, I how do I want to say this? I and I don't say this to sound like I'm the best teacher because I don't think I am. I think great comes in a number of ways, right? So there's I think if I'm really good at barbecuing, I work with people that are really good at creating vegan dishes or people that are really good at creating um vegetarian dishes or stuff on the stove in the house or at least really good top ramen that they doctor up and make it taste magical. But I don't think anyone else I, – I truly don't think anyone else in my school is barbecuing, right? Like we are – we're all kind of doing our own thing. But my style of teaching is not something anybody else is doing. So it sometimes feels like you're an idiot, right? Like you feel like an idiot because you're doing things where you're doing. So when we – so the other day, uh, when, when we did this lesson I talked about a little bit earlier where – if you weren't on yet, um, we read, we're doing children's books. The short of it is we're doing children's books. We're reading a book called Lemony, uh, The Dark by Lemony Snicket's. And it's a really brief story about this kid who is struggling with his fear of the dark. So instead of reading it in class and just pulling down the shades or turning off the lights or whatever, everyone got a tea light candle that's like this big, size of a tea light candle. And uh, they were battery powered. And we walked in a line through the school, which was really just to get us through the school. I wasn't looking for attention because um, otherwise the kids will just stray off into the abyss. So we walk down the hallway, down the steps, into our dining hall, and then through the lunchroom, which catches everyone's attention, into the basement of the school. I turn off all the lights, and we have this creepy basement down there. Stand in a circle around a table. Everyone puts their candle on the table, and we read the book aloud down there. And then we have the conversation in the dark without with just the candles on. And we have this conversation about author's purpose and the use of the dark while reading it and how sometimes like the atmosphere really affects the reader or, and, and the person reading it and, and the whole situation. So we, we have this whole conversation on the way to and on the way back. Um, I felt like I got weird looks 
from everyone. I do this every single time I leave the classroom. I feel like people are like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, why are you in the hallway? Wait, or they'll like yell at the kids like, what are you doing? Why are you talking in the hallway? Bro, I got it. Like, I got it. Um, or people that I told afterwards that I did this activity. And this is not just this activity. This is any number of other activities. They're like, um, is that the best use of class time? For and I'm saying it like that because this is what they sound like when they talk to me. Um, <laughs> is this the best use for of class time? Or they question like, is this part of the curriculum standards? Or don't you have a lot to get through like the rest of us? Like, how do you have time to do that thing? I have time because no one's listening in your class, right? Like so many times no one listens. But if you create something wildly engaging and you take three minutes to walk into the basement, do the same lesson and take another three minutes back, it's only six minutes off, right? I, I so-called wasted six minutes, but to do something really awesome. So I think when you're doing that, you do it and then you try and find other teachers from anywhere else, someone that heard about what you were doing. And if someone goes, yo, I heard you did this thing the other day. It's really cool. Or I heard this is how you are in your class or that you're really joking with the students. And then you find people that aren't a part of your immediate learning, like teacher team and work with one another. Or I think, look, it is places like this. People like us do things like this is something I'm always saying. That's a Seth Godin line. Teachers like us go online because you can't find someone else. You show up on a Sunday night and talk to a bunch of strangers on the internet that become your friends through words and profile pictures. Um, maybe those people that you get along with here, you say, yo, do you ever want to like trade numbers and like we could talk this week or like I'd love to bounce some ideas off of you. So you find someone that you think is amazing and you say, hey, let's like uh, let's connect outside of this. Go to the Facebook group and connect with those people there. And then what's happening here, I think the beauty of the internet is your so-called virtual friends or, or, or comrades or comrades like, uh, (laughs) uh, or colleagues end up becoming far more life-giving than the people, you know, in real life. And that's awesome. They're still real people, right? Like, this isn't like, we're like living, this isn't Wally. We're not living with like VR glasses on yet. Um, but how can you, how can you use the folks that are on here to, and and they use you in a way that is like uplifting and motivating one another. And that might be your answer. So like the people that you work with can come, re- like the people I go to church with are wildly life-giving to me, but they're not at work every day, but I still tap into that goodness. And then I hope that over time, that goodness is so infectious. That's just like kind of oozing out of me, which sounds like a disease. And that's not a really good, I don't know why people say things are oozing out of them because it sounds gross. It really does. It's like, bro, Most... you should get some, you might have scabies from your, your scabies from your driftwood. I just want to say unicorns love my purple mason jar. Because we need to do dishes. So now we're drinking out mason jars. Um, <laughs> Like, like you're drinking moonshine over Stop. here. Yeah, a lot of people drink out of mason jars. Yeah, when they're drinking moonshine. Um, I know Rob always does that. Uh, Jordan is asking, Mr. Reynolds, I love your YouTube channel and your energy that you bring. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I want to become an English teacher and your content really inspires me. How did you manage to stay motivated in college? Uh, college. Oh, how do I stay motivated in college? I read books about people that I thought like, I think you have to feed that, that side of you, right? It's not going to stay fed. Like you will dip and wane in what you're doing. So I really like, um, 
I've always liked, and it's, it's just so weird that this is slightly embarrassing. Um, but if we're doing real rap, I always liked like motivational kind of stuff and not just like fluffy motivational stuff. I wanted to get like into what made me work, what made me, where do I operate from? So I think I've listened to, there's this guy, Wayne Dyer, who was like the predecessor to like so many like inspiring people now, like the Tony Robbins of the world, like Wayne Dyer was, was first. I think I read all of his books and listened to every single audio tape multiple times in my life. Um, because that's what got me through the hard things. It is mind games, right? So I figure out ways to shift my, my state so that I am mindful, like I'm playing games to get through something. So one of the things I have a video coming out about, I just finished running my 365 days in a row. So I ran every single day for a year. Right now, tonight will be, after I get off this live feed, I have to run, will be day 371. Um, I had all these mind games that I would play with myself, like, like, cause I didn't want to run or cause I hated it. And it's like, dude, can I run to the end of the block? Now, can I do one more block? Can I just keep moving my feet in front of one another? And this is what I'm going to mo think about my, with myself, or I would do this really dumb thing where I would imagine myself as my torso, everything, my waist up was taking a ride on every, like on my legs, like as if my legs were sort of like just these things that were just going to keep going anyway. And I just had it like, if no matter how cold it was or how miserable it was, it was like, I'm just taking a ride. I'm just taking a ride on my legs. And there you are taking this. So when I say that out loud, it sounds even weirder. It's kind of like whatever you have to do. It is. Like, it is trying it is. to hack the system to get into that space. Yeah. And then knowing that, um, I love Jocko Willing talked about this in his podcast once where he was like, I looked at it like a mission. If I went to college, I was locked in. No teacher was going to bore me. I would have like multiple pencils and they'd be ready in front of me, sharpened. I'd have my notebook open. I, it was like, this was the thing I needed to do. Like it is you, this class, this professor is the thing that is between me and my dream of doing what I want to do and nothing will stop me. So I'm going to show up and I'm not going to show up in pajama pants and I'm not going to show up with, with forgetting my pencil or my pen or my phone's half charged because that's what I'm taking notes on. It is showing up like you are showing up for a fight um, or like this is a game, like this is game day. And so you're practicing in that sort of way to get through this thing, even though you don't think it's immediately immediately applicable to whatever you're going to do. So if you're taking a geography class or geology class or public speaking, you don't feel like that immediately lends itself to the thing that you want to teach. It's like this is a game and this is how I'm going to like go into it and i just think that that helps too what do you got uh, just a couple more okay a six. um guesses oh tough one yeah uh, i can't i'm not gonna be able to pronounce your name because i'm not good at names and gosh i'm just not even gonna explain that anymore because it just makes me feel bad uh you'll i thought you said you were deaf fonz i know but i gotta say something I think it's I is it I L or L L D E F O N S O. Part of it's throwing me off is because the two letters in the beginning look the same. Anyway, your question is um, what is your opinion on Teach for America? So great question. Uh, I will say that I from what I so I worked for Teach for America for a little bit. I've never gone through the program, but I worked as like they need 
teachers in classrooms when teachers are teaching. So I was that person that was, I don't know what they called me. They had some acronym for it. Like they do everything else, but like um, I essentially sat in the back and then gave feedback to people that were the teachers in the classroom. The thing that I, so let me start with what I don't like. So I'll say the idea of sending people into the inner city or into title one schools and, or, or in schools of need, wherever that is to help children is wonderful. The idea that you only have to do it for two years, you can keep going if you want to, but having folks show up for two years, I think is, is hurtful to students because two years is not enough. Students need to see you and be able to return to you. And then that builds consistency in kids' lives. When you are trying to pad your resume sometimes, and I know people have done this, I'm not saying everyone in Teach for America does this. People that have wanted to go into government, wanted to go or like politics or go into law. And they're like, this will look good that I taught, you know, young black and brown kids for two years. And then I went on to do this other thing. They can say, well, back when I taught in the inner city, like I've seen people do this. And I don't think that's the move. Um, is it a good way for people to, that aren't in education to get into education quickly? Yes. The, also, the model that they have of like, this is how you need to do things is broken. It's not, it's education is not a one size fits all job. There are no silver bullets in education. It depends on your students, your school, the community with which you teach in, who your person, what your personality is, how your school gets down. All these play a part in who the teacher you're going to, who, like the kind of teacher you're going to be. And the idea that we can take someone, run them through a machine um, over the summer so that they come out as a teacher is false. You're not going to do that. We're not robots. So I just think that that's, that's the broken part. Now, look, some of my, the best teachers I've ever known have gone through teach for America. And so I don't know if that's, they became that way because of teach for America or not, but like, that's kind of how I feel with that. But if you really want to teach and you don't have teaching certification and that's a way for you to get your foot in the door, go for it. That's what I say. Um, but if you're not, if your heart's not in it, I just think that that's, it's a weird thing to get into because you're just, you're using kids to get to something else. I'm not saying you're doing that. I have zero idea. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on TFA. Uh, Jonathan Cooks is asking, I'm a first year ELA teacher in Florida, seventh grade, and I am desperately trying to get my kids to think critically when answering short response questions. Any advice? New fan, by the way. So first of all, Jonathan, thank you very much for watching. I really appreciate it. Um, I think... Getting kids to talk about critical response questions that as the, as they will appear on a test, the best way to, to kind of get them into doing that is by getting them to do things that they and talk about critical, like get them critically thinking about things they actually care about. So whether that's Fortnite, Marvel movies, Star Wars, um, sports, like what is it that they're into? And then those same skills are going to apply no matter what you're talking about. So building your case, using statistics and facts, backing up what you're saying, listening to your opponent, and then using what they're saying against them in, in a, uh, when you're trying to persuade someone. Like In doing that, you are going to build this culture of kids that are always critically thinking, backing up what they're saying, and like that that's just kind of what happens. And so when you translate that to the test, this is something we do anyway. I really, really think that as a, as a kid, when I started taking piano lessons, when I was in kindergarten, 
I hated it. I think if that woman who taught me to play piano, if she had taught me a song that I liked or even a little bit of a song that I like, and then tried to teach me whatever other boring ass crap that they were teaching me, I would have completely been enthralled. I think the reason I stuck with drums, playing drums was my drum teacher from the jump, from the first lesson, I started playing this uh, Rolling Stone song that I, I can't play now because I just have played it so many times, but it was like, he immediately taught me how to play a song that I was going to like. And so it was very basic. It was very simple, but that's what made me keep going. If I had to just learn like, like rudimentary stuff or like stick handling skills or something boring, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have kept going. I think you engage students in a way that they love. And then that translates to everything else. I think that is the jam in high school period want kids to be interested in math, history, science, make it super engaging, like way out of the box, wildly engaging. And then they will do anything because it's like, look, this is the same thing. Like reading about this, like boring ass stuff on the Keystone assessment is the same thing as like when we read that story about something you cared about in the New York Times or in this other periodical or in the book or like you're connecting it to something that they actually care about. Um, that's it, gang. We're out of time. Uh, my kids are probably starving to death, as usual. Um, They're but busy playing Fortnite. They are. So, look, a couple of things before you go. One, next week, we're going to try and do phone calls again. I'm going to try and get an actual phone number hooked up so that I don't, like, I have a phone number, but I don't have a phone that has two different. I was supposed to do it this week, but I have really bad migraines. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and if anyone's interested, um, we had a couple of people that, uh, kind of backed out on the hands on a stick. So if you're interested in having a giant hand on a stick, like I use in all of my videos, um, we're selling them. Just send me an email. I'll tell you how much it costs and, and I'll give you all the information and all that stuff. Uh, and that's, that's it. And then we're going to keep going with this. So I know everyone's on break next Sunday night, but if you just want to show up, we could talk about whatever you want. Um, we're just going to keep doing it over winter break anyway. So know that we're still here no matter what. Um, anything else? No. Cool. And then oh, for next week, too, I'll, I'll find out about when pre-ordering for the book actually happens. For those of you that don't know, I have a book coming out called Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. And I'm going to find out about the pre-order stuff for that as well. Um, that's it, gang. I hope you have an awesome week. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.